Well, welcome. Welcome to week two in Jonah, where all month long we are uh, trusting God, learning to trust God with His plan, learning to trust God with His plans. And this is tough. This is tough. And today, what we want to do is learn to run in the right direction, learn to run in the right direction. And here's the deal. If, If you go in the right direction, the result is transformation. If you go in the right direction, the result is transformation. And that, that transformation, that change, happens twofold. It happens in you. Your character becomes more like Christ. And that kind of character you get rewarded by or for in this life and in the next. And that transformation of, that happens as a result of going the right direction can lead to the transformation of others. And you'll see in today's text how Jonah's willingness to wake up and go the right direction resulted in faith being brought to some of the crew uh, on board that he was sailing with across the Mediterranean. When you go the right direction, it impacts others. If you tap out and go the wrong direction, it impacts others. I want to help you go the right direction and experience the kind of internal hope that we're all looking for, especially during a season like this where some of us are thrilled, some of us are disappointed, and we just we want to go forward putting our trust in God's plans, not our own. Now, going the right direction has some, has some funny stories that can go with it. Uh, I searched hard for a story where I went the total opposite direction, and I just couldn't think of any. But my sweet sister, Annie Kay, gave me permission to share her story of when she and her husband, Johnny, and their two beautiful boys, uh, Caleb and Connor, were on their way to a baby shower in Elk Grove from Natomas, and they also knew that their ultimate destination was going to be in Loomis to visit with some of their friends, and so they got on 80, I-80, where they typically take I-80 west to one of their favorite locations in the Bay Area. And uh, Annie just indicated it was a busy day. It wasn't stressful, just super busy. She got on I-80, and they just forgot to go south on the 5, uh, or even to take the West Sac 80 um, to Elk Grove. Instead, they just stayed on I-80. And Annie said that her uh, map quest continued to tell her, recalculate, recalculate. And Annie, she's, she's pretty smart. She really is. She's like, ah, that can't be wrong. That, excuse me, that can't be right. So she didn't, she didn't recalculate. Anyways, they ended up in Vacaville. Vacaville. Quite a distance from their destination in Elk Grove. Uh, and they laughed it off and got back on track, got to Elk Grove and then to Loomis. Uh, they experienced God's grace. Uh, we all need it. We all go the wrong direction sometimes. And uh, today, I want to help you go the right direction. I want to look at uh, chapter 1 in Jonah and look at how God led Jonah. Because Jonah's story is our story. There's a Jonah in all of us. Check this out. So this is about 785 BC. Jonah lives in Galilee, very similar to where Jesus was raised, except 800 years prior. And he gets a vision that God wants him to go up to the Assyrians of Nineveh, their capital, 
Nineveh, and he didn't want to go there because he, understandably, did not like the Assyrians. He knew that soon they would be destroying his home country. He knew that they were great enemies of God's people. He didn't want to go up, so instead he went down. He went down to a port called Joppa, boarded, got down onto a ship, went down into the bottom of the ship and took a nap as he was on his way to Tarshish. And I want to give Jonah an attaboy. If you've never Google image searched images of the islands off Spain, which is where Tarshish is, uh, they are the Balearic Islands are gorgeous. And uh, he had good taste. He was going to a destination I think we'd all like to get away to sometime. This is what happened to Jonah. This is how it went. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa. Notice the emphasis on down for Jonah. As he's running away from the God, he's going down continually. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. He was fleeing from God's presence. Let me just ask, have you maybe unaware been fleeing from God's presence? Maybe fleeing from being around God-fearing people, fleeing from being around your adventure group, or fleeing from being around uh, your pastor or a teacher because you want to get away from God's presence. Jonah relates. He didn't like the plans that God was leading him towards. Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet, and his name literally means dove. You see how these beautiful doves fly so swiftly and uh, sporadically in the air. We have a lot of doves here in Natomas. And Amittai, this is his dad's name, meant truth. Jonah was having a difficult time really reconciling his own lack of trust in God's plan with his own heritage of the truth. And he's going to Nineveh. Nineveh is, he's being asked to go to Nineveh, the capital city of Assyria. And Nineveh was Israel's worst enemy. Do you have a worst enemy? Wow. Would it surprise you that sometimes God wants you to go be a harbinger of hope, an ambassador of hope to the people that you like the least? That's what was happening in Jonah's life. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Learning to run the right direction. It involves three pieces in going the right direction. And I can tell you personally that in my late teens, 18, 19, I was learning to hear God's voice and go the right direction. And let me just say this up front. Anyone who tells you that going the right direction is easy isn't going the right direction. I actually think following the Lord, following His Spirit, going the direction He's leading, sometimes it always feels up, uphill. It's always challenging. It's far easier to go downhill than it is to go uphill. So if, you're, if you sense the increasing um, need for discipline, for humility, for um, meekness and perseverance, you're probably going the right direction. Learning to run the right direction involves three key steps. Let me go through those. Number one, surrendering to God's plan. That's the whole theme of this series, learning to trust God's plan, that there are no coincidences. God is in complete control. 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because of its wickedness that is for me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He paid his fare and he headed towards Tarshish. Here's why we run. The reason we run, number one, is we think we're smarter than God. Uh, He's not thinking this through. We know the actual outcome of of going to to Nineveh or going to our enemy. We're smarter than him. In Jonah's case, his concern is that God would show compassion. And he didn't want God to show compassion, grace, and mercy to the Assyrians of Nineveh. Sometimes we run because God's will can be tough. No question. Uh, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, said that the godly in Christ will be persecuted. That if you're pursuing godliness, if you're pursuing uh, Christ-likenesses, Christ-likeness, transformation, it's going to be tough. It's understandable that we can run from what's tough. And to Jesus, it's interesting that to do God's will was food, food that satisfied him. But to Jonah, the will of God was medicine that choked him. Warren Wiersbe. And let me just say again, Doing the hard stuff, the tough stuff, is a good indicator you're learning to trust God's plan, that you're going the right direction, and on your way to experiencing personal transformation. That's why Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself. It's challenging, but he'll give you the grace to do it and even turn your uh, maybe despair into joy. The results of running, number one, running from God always leads downhill. So it's easier, it's easier, it's broader, and and it can lead to destruction. Running from God always costs you more than you think. Have you ever heard this line? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Those are some of the results of running away from God. They're painful, and it takes a while to learn them. Running, running from God leads to the strangest places. We talked last week, if you've ever planned an escape or a runaway, where did you want to go to? And sometimes it's just down on the corner when you're a kid. Or maybe when you're older, it's to go to some rural mountain range and hang out or hang out at the beach and just get away. Here's, here's what I want to suggest. I want to suggest that surrendering to God's plan is really critical for you wherever you're at. And here's the why. I I love how Kurt Harlow says this. Surrendering to God's plan might be the greatest season of your life. It might be the greatest season you get in your life when you surrender to God's plan. And let let me just tell you how this might be possible. Jonah's being asked to go north to share a message of repentance to Israel's enemy. He doesn't want to go. He's afraid God's going to relent. He's afraid God's going to show them compassion. He wants God to show them judgment. But he, he decides to surrender to God's plan. And the net result was the greatest national repentance of any nation in Israel's history. 120,000 Ninevites repented at this message. It's foreshadowing of the gospel message that will go out from Christ just 800 years later. It was an incredible accomplishment that God did through Jonah. And I think it's important to note that God was doing a work in Jonah so that he could do a work through Jonah. 
He wasn't dependent upon Jonah. But the work he was doing in Jonah was as, was as important as the work he wanted to do through Jonah. And you're in a spot right now where perhaps you're being faced to go a direction, trust God's plans in a way you're not comfortable. And I just want to encourage you. This season might be the greatest season you ever get in your life. It's not unusual for times of hardship, like a vineyard that's, that's, that experiences very difficult weather. It's those difficult seasons that produce the greatest harvests. Let's be attentive during this season in our region that this might be the greatest season we ever get in our lives as it relates to our church, as it relates to our marriages, as it relates to our family. You just got to be willing to go the right direction and trust God and His plans. That's the first. Number two, wake up to God's purpose. Wake up. Jonah was falling asleep like a lot of us when we're frustrated with trusting God's plans. The easiest thing to do is just get in our beds and put the covers over us and take a nap. And sometimes we do need a good nap, right? But too much of that can get us into trouble. Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep, super deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. What had happened is God had just ravaged this area of the Mediterranean and this ship was, was potentially going to turn over and have its keel broken and, and uh, capsize. This captain says, maybe your God will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let, let us cast lots and find out who is responsible for this calamity. And this was practiced even in the Mosaic law, that of casting lots. And the lot would determine, or the dice would determine the answer to the question. So you have these pagan, these uh, pluralistic uh, worshipers appealing to Jonah that, Maybe his God would have an answer. <clears throat> they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And now Jonah answers, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Now he's, Jonah is identifying the God of Israel, Yahweh, describing the nature of God, the incredible power of God, His, um, omni, uh, his, his omnipotence uh, to these uh, pagans. And these pagans worship Baal, and Baal was simply the God of the skies. And these, these crewmen are fearful. They're hearing that it, this, this is Jonah. <laughs> I think it's important that, especially in a season like we're experiencing now, uh, where uh, we're tempted to be judgmental, hugely judgmental. I got an email even um, last night and respond to it early this morning of some of the online uh, judgments that are happening. I want to encourage you, stay away from that. Stay away from being critical. Stay away from being judgmental. Uh, because in Jonah's case, Jonah is right in the presence of some pagan worshipers who are actually showing more reverence and more interest in the why behind, behind the chaos than he himself was. I'm reminded of what Jesus said about consensus judging. This is kind of just blanket judging. 
Jesus said this, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Hmm. I tell you, you may be in a place right now where you, uh, you like the results of our election or undetermined election so far. And I want to encourage you, if that's the case for you, boy, show humility, show empathy, empathy. And if things are to change, continue to show humility and empathy. And trust that God is the one who's in control. He's the one that assigns uh, kings and leaders places of position. But how do we respond during this season uh, of uncertainty and maybe even disappointment? What's the way to respond? And I, I think Jonah is actually going to be the example to that. When you're disappointed, the best thing you can do to help your attitude after taking a nap and maybe running is to, is to serve, is to start serving. Start serving the Lord where He's calling you to serve. <clears throat> Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that is in your own eye? That kind of consensus judging can be addressed when we start putting others first and serving. And I personally remember a time in my early 20s when uh, Melissa and I were serving together, and somehow, because I did want to see my wife get a chance to serve in a, in a musical group that she dreamed of being a part of, I ended up serving in a capacity that was completely not me. I was responsible. This is a slideshow you see behind these vocalists. I was responsible to deliver a, a slideshow, three, develop and produce three different slideshows uh, of with 13 slide projectors and a computer. I was the like computer guy, which I'm not. But I was responsible for these three productions, creating them one, one a year, and uh, setting up and tearing these down as we performed about 60 times uh, in a year. It was a very difficult task for me, and I was responsible for communicating the invitation at the end of the production. So I, just, I not only did production, but I also did um, uh, the invitation at the end of this presentation, communication. And I, there were moments I wanted to leave. I remember being in Florida once and wanting to just leave the set. I just, I'm so sick of this. This is so hard. I, we weren't paid for it. I mean, really came out to about five cents an hour. But I, it was just super hard for me to deny myself and do what I was supposed to do. But I got to tell you, looking back, I am so grateful that I got a chance to serve in this capacity. It involved setting up and tearing down. It involved significant details, some uh, hundreds and hundreds of slides that I was responsible for running on a computer and programming. And it involves simultaneous communication, which to some degree I do, I do both now. And uh, I got to tell you, that kind of service and learning, learning to serve when I didn't want to, it resulted in transformation. The net result was me growing in Christ and developing more perseverance and more character. And uh, I'm just super glad that I, I did it for a year and I actually signed on a next, the next year. And sometimes I regret... I didn't do year three because I would have had a chance to go to New York. But that being said, when you're disappointed, when, you, when you're not happy with outcomes, the most rewarding thing you can do is to serve. And I want to encourage you, wake up to God's purpose this time of year with service. 
And I, I was with one of our pastors here in Natomas, Pastor Jeremy, on Thursday for breakfast. And I just asked him, hey, what are you reading from your people? And this is what he said. He said, our people are so fatigued. That is his congregation. They're so fatigued right now. They, they just, they don't want to do anything else, anything extra. And I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're feeling like Jeremy described some of, the, of his congregants, I want to encourage you to start small just by serving those in your family. Maybe serving a neighbor next door. Um, maybe starting to come back to service again. And not just coming, but doing something. Showing up and serving in some capacity. It's really quite fun to see people again. And Melissa, my wife, who's running the online engagement right now, she has on the YouTube link an opportunity for you to serve. If you'll click it, it'll, it'll give you several areas of service that we need, especially as we go, Lord willing, indoors next week at 9 o'clock, and, uh, and Lord willing, start, as it gets colder, start to move towards indoors at both our 9 and 10.30. And I acknowledge that it may very well be because of the status of our county that we can't go indoors, but we're simply trying to be ready and follow the Lord's lead. Won't you serve? Won't you start getting back to service? It'll help you with your disappointment, takes your eyes off yourself, and will result in your transformation. The third step, the third step that will help be an indicator that you're going the right direction is that you're going to fall into God's grace. You're going to fall into God's grace. I heard a story last night when... Uh, just, just before I went to bed, from one of my friends, she gave me permission to share this story. It's Coralie Humphrey. She reached out, and uh, we talked yesterday, and uh, she, she just expressed to me that in the last six months, where she actually was on a ventilator for quite a long time, she shared, she said, this showed me how much I was loved by my church and my friends. I always knew, knew it, but it just kind of showed me. The fervent prayers of his people brought me back. God really worked in my life. He just really worked. And this is what happens when you get back on track and you go the right direction. God's grace, that same grace that saves you, is the same grace that gives you the energy to go back and get on track of where you need to be. Here it is. Jonah tells this crew, hey, I'm the guy. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. And it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. That wasn't God's will. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. So check it out. These, these guys, they, they were fearful. They didn't want to take... Jonah's life. But Jonah said, no, you throw me. You throw me into the sea. And you trust God that he's going to take care of the whole situation. I think Jonah's being pretty selfish, actually. He's telling these guys, you take responsibility for taking my life. Uh, he, he comes off quite, in my opinion, uh, selfish. But what he knew is that if he threw himself out into God's hands, that God would take care of him. That when you fall into God's grace, he will lead you. He'll get you back on track. And that's what happened. That's what happened to Jonah. That's what happened to Cora when she was fighting for her life last year. <clears throat> fall into God's grace and run the right direction. 
fall into God's grace and run the right direction. Imagine if you start going the direction God's asking you to go and trust his plans. Imagine how this is going to impact the stress level of your marriage, of your family life. Imagine how this kind of uh, willingness to trust in God's grace will, will impact your job performance and impact all your relationships. If you just trust that the same grace that God practiced when he opened your heart to trust in his son, Jesus Christ, that same grace is now flowing in you and through you to accomplish his purpose in your life. That's the grace of God. That's how you are going to experience transformation. That's how you're going to get back on track. See, we're all runners. We're all runners. But God is also a runner, and we can't outrun God. You're not going to be able to do it. He loves you too much. So why outrun him? Why not just surrender to his grace, surrender to his plan, trust his plan? And I think you're going to enjoy what just might be, for you and for me, the greatest season of our lives. Why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for a reminder that trusting in your plan is the way to go. And yet it's contrary to our nature. If you're listening right now and if you're like, God, I, I know what you want me to do. I just don't want to do it. Why don't you just say that, Lord? I don't want to go your way. Just be honest. And if you're, if you're listening right now and you've never really realized that it's God's grace that's going to help you follow through, then just say, God, I need your grace. I need your grace to help me get back on track. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's great to be with you here this morning. Jonah chapter 1 will be in chapter 2 next week. If you can, come join us on site at 1030 today. Trust in God's plans this week. Go the right direction. Because going the right direction results in your transformation. Your personal transformation, but also the transformation of those around you. God bless.